2: The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, BanksJones.com.
3: The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of off the hook sports, objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker.
4: Well, we are loaded up. Welcome to the program. If you're on board already, thanks for making some time for us. Or when you are making some time for us, we greatly appreciate that. Hit the like and subscribe button. Let's bring some more people in here because we've got a lot to kick around on the program today, including a recent anonymous poll. And I kind of love these, but I kind of don't among prospects has some very interesting insight into Josh Heupel's recruiting style. So that's incredibly strong. Also, we now know what William Inge and uh, Darrell Sims will make the replacers of Brian Jean Marie and Jerry Mack on Tennessee's coaching staff. What does that tell us about the previous pair that are now in the NFL and Michigan respectively. And on a personal note, I find that Alabama firing radio broadcaster Eli Gold is pretty disgusting. We'll discuss that a little bit later in the program. College football playoff discussing 14 teams. Wait a second. Caleb and I disagree on this a lot, but this might be one that we actually do agree upon. Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good. How are you, Dave? I'm good. For anybody asking
5: what I was doing when I was off screen for a second, I was pushing down my French press so I could pour my coffee. I have my French press down here with me. So You
4: you have your French? Okay, so, by the way, uh, I don't know that it is official, official. And Travis firing Eli Gold uh, was indeed terrible, yes. And he actually came out and said, I thought you said would indeed be terrible. So it has indeed uh, been terrible. Uh, the poll question yesterday still garnering some interest as Shane Beamer has, uh, has done quite a good job in his foundation of being a goofball. But nobody can take it from Eli Drinkwitz, who he won the poll yesterday, a uh, biggest uh, goofball, beat out Lane Kiffin. It wasn't even close. Shane Beamer was second, but people still have some thoughts. On Shane. So, what's our poll question today, Caleb? Is we'll put that on our YouTube page and let people take advantage of that before we get to today's tough question about a guy named Nico. What's today's question? So, let's go
5: with the poll question of how many teams do you think should be in the college football playoff? We'll go 12, 14, 16, or less than 12.
4: Okay. So, less than 12. And then you go 12, and then you're going how many? 14 or 16.
5: If you think it should be more than 16, you don't deserve to ever watch college football again.
4: Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say more than 14. Okay, to, wow. Because there could be some people out there that would love the 32 model, which it would give you a whole new round. I would think. Let's put you it out more there. sauce
5: than Steve Sarkeesian was back in the day. If you're doing that, <laughs> that's right.
4: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I could see an argument for it to me. We're going to agree on this one, we're supposed to disagree as much as we can. I guess that's what the kids say to do uh, in the narratives of uh, talk format. But 12's good, 12's good. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're getting to the point where a four loss team has a good chance of making a college football playoff is a little silly. That's losing a third of your games, but. Who knows what the NFL might have to say about that? It's time for today's tough question, and it's brought to you by. Male no, it's not. It's brought to you by our good friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning. Hey now. Oh, as we get to today's tough question right now, I bet you thought that was going to happen immediately, didn't you, Caleb?
3: Today's Eight. tough question take a side, take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com.
4: A couple notes on the message board. Yes, French press. I didn't know that was a coffee reference. I thought Caleb was lifting weights off to the side. And Derek says Dave and Caleb need to make a side bet, a frohawk Dave, Caleb bowl cut haircut challenge. I did that once before for charity. It didn't look good. Let's get to today's tough question. It's brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning and our friends at the Hemp House. I'll tell you more about both of them here momentarily. But I'm just going to let you set this thing up. Right off the top, could Nico Iamaleava's presence give the ball's favorable treatment from college football? I think I know what you're saying, but I want to ask specifically how he might help in how Tennessee is viewed this upcoming season. What are your thoughts on that, Caleb?
5: I think Nico Iamaliava could give the – I think we will see this after the Chattanooga game, and I think we'll mostly see it after the NC State game. That's going to be the one where everybody's talking about Nico Iamaliava, and we'll see it after the Oklahoma game. I think he's going to ball out in all three games, and what I think is going to happen is he's going to turn into the most exciting player to watch in college football at that point and people can pretend this happen this doesn't happen guys it happens college football like every other sport is a tv show and they're going to they're going to favor the more entertaining players you see this in the nba all the time how dave how often do stars get the most preferential treatment in the world
4: well they get to I sit mean, out when they want to i mean they get incredible preferential treatment
5: well i mean i mean preferential treatment from the refs Oh, yeah.
4: Okay. No, I mean, they get preferential treatment across the board. Yeah. I, I think you would agree though, it's not going to be as pronounced it is as it is in the NBA. Right? Well,
5: actually, I think it's I think it's more pronounced in football. It just doesn't seem as pronounced because the stars are so more in your face. But the Chiefs got a ton of preferential treatment from officials throughout this playoff series this past year. I mean, they did not have one holding call, the entire playoffs. Because the narrative of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey matter. Now, I don't think there's blatant cheating. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the refs are sitting there like, let's, you know, rig things in favor of a team. But I think they naturally subconsciously will favor teams that have more entertaining stars. Tennessee is about to have the most entertaining star in college football this year. And I think because of that, subconsciously, you will see them get preferential treatment from officials. You'll see them get preferential treatment from... I would say the college football playoff selection committee. And I'll say this, you will see them get preferential treatment in court. When the lawsuit that Tennessee and Virginia are filing right now is going through the courts during the season. People can pretend that judges and justices and court people always go by the letter of the law. They don't, they kind of go by an emotional feel and there will be some judges that may not even be Tennessee fans, but are college football fans that are like this Nico guys, just too exciting to pass up. I don't want to like, be a part of punishing Tennessee while Nico Iamaliava is there.
4: All right. A lot to unpack there. I want to start with um, one of the things you said that'll help Nico immediately in officiating. Officiating is so bad that I have trouble predicting it. So I basically just chuck that out the window. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad for against Nico. I just think it's bad. Um, My other thoughts are he's the young kid. And that he's going to have to prove himself. Now, once you, you're you seen around for a full season as a starter, I think you have a work. And this is a highly intelligent kid. He's going to have a working knowledge with the refs. He's not going to talk to the refs the same way your backup offensive guard would. I mean, there's going to be interaction there. So he's going to be even better um, as time goes along. Now, with the college football playoff, I think that is a huge factor. Brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House, chat with two Ts.com. Hemp House, chat with two Ts.com. But it comes with the good and the bad. Use the promo code HOOK for 10% off. So when the college football playoff, you the good is if you're 13 or 12, and they have a decision to make, and the other team doesn't have a superstar. Let's say they're Iowa, like this past year. You're going to make it in because of your superstar. The flip side, something happens to your superstar, and he gets banged up late in the season, you're Florida State. But I do think odds are that Nico, his presence, his playmaking ability, is going to have a huge effect on the college football playoff. Decision if it comes down to Tennessee is twelve or not. I believe they will go out of their way to get Tennessee and a Nico player in there um, in of the twelve team. There's no doubt in my mind. You?
5: No, none in my mind whatsoever. They want Nico Iamaliava is going to be such a star. They want him in there, and you can't not put him in there if you're on the fringe. There's no way they do that. And you're right. It's very similar to now. That's usually usually. I want to say this, there are, they're on NCAA tournament lock teams, but Dave, let's be honest. There have been top five NBA draft picks on NCAA tournament bubble teams, right? Yes. And, and those bubble teams always get in, right? When the top five draft pick is on your team and you're a bubble team, you're getting in the NCAA tournament, aren't
4: you? Every single yeah. time. And we're not dealing with four. We're dealing with 12. It would be a lot easier to manipulate. And we saw what happened with Florida state when it got manipulated, where they didn't want, again, we could debate whether or not they should have been in, but with four, it's tough to have much wiggle room It Um, is at 12. You got a lot of wiggle room. I'm sorry. If you can't get to be unanimous, unanimously considered, or at least overwhelmingly considered one of the top 12 teams in the nation, you shouldn't play for a championship period.
5: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I, I think of somebody like, again, Let's go back to Texas A&M in 2012. They lost two games. There was serious consideration to put them in the national title game, and quite honestly, they should have been in there over Notre Dame, and it should have been a rematch between Texas A&M and Alabama over Alabama and Notre Dame. But they chose the path of least resistance, but Notre Dame, who was undefeated and when Notre Dame hadn't beaten anybody, yep. You don't uh, think there was some serious? You don't think there was some serious consideration to make Texas A&M the first two lost non-conference champion? in the BCS national title though, because Johnny Manziel was there and he had just beaten Alabama and he just won the Heisman.
4: Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't stun me whatsoever. Um, I think that that is a real possibility. Um, now as far as Nico getting officiating calls, do you really think that's, that's a thing for Nico and you answer that I remind every, all of our business owners out there that apex apparel is where you need to go your yourapexapparel.com, your apexapparel.com or call Tyler at 865-919-3001. spirit wear for a school or group needs embroidery promo products all that you need so you think Nico gets a benefit from officiating officiating just by being Nico in game one versus Chattanooga?
5: No after game one after the after okay. September when he puts he's putting on a show and no one's going to be – I think you and I both agree he's going to put on a show in September, right? And
4: he's well, going to be now, so much I've, fun to watch. I almost feel sorry for the mocks already because you, you know that – you also know it's not just him. You know Josh Hype was going to be motivated to put up a 70 spot. I mean, right yeah, now, if I, if I put the over-under at 59 and a half points at Tennessee scores, I – I'm, I'm going over. I'm going over. Like how know.
5: many times with – how many times did they cross 60 with Hendon Hooker? That was like a regular with these type of games, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, maybe you're nice to Chattanooga because they're an in state program and they're nice and all that. But I mean, they just don't have a, a lot of physical ability um, right now. I, they're, they're solidly coached, but that's that game's going to get very out of hand very quickly. All right, let's take a look at our poll question here momentarily. Is, uh, we ask you, uh, how many teams should be in the college football playoff? Less than 12, 31%, 12, 44%, 14%. Or I'm sorry, fourteen get zero percent, more than fourteen get twenty-five percent. So more than fourteen, that's an awful lot of teams to be in the college football playoff. Are we ready for thirty-two teams? I oh don't gosh. know. Maybe that's, I just
5: that's so insane to me, guys. I mean, I hope uh, nobody really thinks that.
4: Um, um I could go 32 action. I'd be all right with that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm
1: going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Choppacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Let's get to Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Tennessee's coaching changes have been made. We think that's all of them. Let's take a look now.
2: Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America,
0: right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports.
4: All right, William Inge to make $55,000 more than his predecessor, Brian Jean-Marie, the linebacker's coach. Darrell Sims to make 150,000 less than Jerry Mack, the running backs coach. These numbers are curious uh, to me. Now, they're a little bit lopsided because I'm sure that Jean-Marie and Mack, they wanted them to stay. I'm sure that they would have gotten somewhat of a raise. But what do these numbers tell you and let's go ahead and get it started off with uh, Cooper Mays. Coop, what do people need to do? Cooper Maze here. Hit like and subscribe. Coop here. First down. On the surface, what do these numbers tell you?
5: Well, obviously, for given that math, for those who are questioning, that means Tennessee saves a net $95,000 with these two staff changes. Okay. Um, it'll go up to $400,000 for Derail Sims in a year, at which point they will save a net $45,000. rather than 95 what it really tells me is i think because i'm actually going to look at william inch first the way they opened the checkbook for him i'm not so sure they didn't nudge brian Jean marie out the door to try to get him at this point um i think when they realize here's what i think happened jerry mack left for jacksonville this is my this is my theory this is my conspiracy theory right now about tennessee staff okay
4: and let's remember a, Jerry Mack, just like a lot of coaches wants to go to the NFL just because it's the NFL and not college football. It's not, it has nothing to do with Tennessee or high Bowl.
5: Yes. So my conspiracy theory about the Tennessee football staff changes from Jerry Mack to Darrell Sims and from Brian Jean Marie to William Inge is this. Jerry Mack left to go to the NFL, which is natural because the NFL, like you said, is a better job for running backs, coaches, Tennessee,
4: Made I'm a hire. There. I think he was kind of encouraged.
5: Oh, I'm I'm going to who was encouraged? Tennessee okay. made a Tennessee made a running back coach hire. Realized they could save a lot of money with Jerry Mack going to the NFL. Once they realized they could save a lot of money, they realized they could open up the checkbook to get a better linebackers coach than Brian Jean Marie. So I think they encouraged Brian Jean Marie to entertain the Michigan job, so they could go get William Inge because there was a win-win with William Inge. That's okay. what I think.
4: So that's what I was going to ask you on second down. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Thanks, Coop. Brian John-Marie. Now, let's switch it to Jarrell Sims for a second. Tennessee center
3: Cooper Mays here. Third down. All
4: right, here's my theory on, uh, on 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 Jerry Mack. You got Justin Williams-Thomas. You got Cam Selden. You've got uh, all of these guys that have come in that are highly regarded. That have not uh, developed, and you start thinking about the list, and it gets it gets pretty significant. Um, there was a blown pass protection uh, in in the Citrus Bowl that was Dylan Sampson. There was one that was not. Not. I think there's real question about Jerry Max's ability to coach pass protection, and when you have all of your Uh, hopes and dreams, taking snaps this season from a guy named Nico, you don't want him taking a lick off a guy that comes clean off the corner. I think Tennessee wants to get a lot better in pass protection from the running back position. It shouldn't be that hard, but asking around about it like I did, it's not just an effort thing. Um, But I don't think he brought out the best of his players in in that regard either. So I think Sims is an answer to a concern they had about Jerry Mack. And I'm not being that guy, Caleb. I hope you know this. I'm not being that guy that says, oh, he's gone like a prospect. He committed elsewhere. He's dead to me. I don't care. I mean, that's just, that's how I read it.
5: You know, I never thought there was much coaching to pass pro, but you might be onto something because Jalen Wright and Jabari Small were very reliable pass blockers for Tennessee. What do they both have in common? They played under Jim Chaney and that offensive system before um, Josh Heupel got to Tennessee. Jim Cheney coaches up pass pro for his running backs because he doesn't have any screens in a system. I don't know if you know that Jim Chaney doesn't believe in the screen. His play, his playbook doesn't involve screens, meaning it's very crucial for running backs to pick up the blitz. Yes. And so he coaches that religiously. So Jalen, Wright, Jabari small fine with pass pro Dylan Sampson, There's you, you have, a, there's not a, there is not a Josh hyper recruited running back yet. That has been reliable as a pass blocker for Tennessee.
4: There has not I mean, you're you're right. And yeah. And and Cam Seldon, I, I mean, this isn't just people. There were a lot of people outside the program that I thought were, were saying too much about Cam Seldon last spring, that he was going to come out and be a star. I didn't see that happening. Uh, running backs have to make that transition, which they usually do pretty quickly. But I'm talking about people inside the building that thought he was a real player. So why didn't he develop into a real player? As the summer went on, as you got into the fall, why are we waiting now to see what he can do? If he is that ready to go, it it almost has to be pass protection, doesn't it? At least you would have played more in the Citrus Bowl, right? Well, with Cam Seldon, you mean? Yes,
5: I think Cam Seldon. I and mean, this is another. This is the other part of running back coaching. Worst vision I've ever seen for a running back. He's got Trent Richardson vision.
4: Okay. I think we make a mistake sometimes, you and I in particular, of placing too much on natural instincts with running backs. There are some keys to read. I mean, and and I think we also, and you, you reference this too, we maybe make it seem too easy to pass protect. If you'll notice, Tennessee shifts its running back from one side of the quarterback to the other quite a bit. So there's reads that are going on. I think we've maybe devalued what a running back I was just thinking about this big picture last night maybe we've devalued what a running back coach can bring to the table because it seems so easy to bring to the table. Randy Sanders who you and I would agree was not an elite offensive coach could handle running backs just fine but Tennessee hasn't had had running backs handled just fine so when I went back and looked at this I'm wondering if they just gave him the door.
5: Dave that's really hard for me to say though because Tennessee had the most athletically gifted running backs in the history of man on their roster in the nineties. I mean, Jamal Lewis is what type of coaching. Well, you do know, have no, to do I agree Jamal. with you,
4: I, I agree with you, Caleb. It's it's. <clears throat> it is absolutely the base of what you should bring to the table. It's like telling an employee that they have to wear a shirt to work that day. You know, it, I'm not saying it's difficult, but I think somebody forgot to wear their shirt to work on certain days. That's my point. <laughs> You're saying- that it was that bad. By the way, that's like you know
5: Dennis Rodman forgot his shoes to practice one time and it was against Shaq. I know LA. Shaq showed
4: up to practice naked. And oh he did. <laughs> I did it was know a big that. pass. I'm not practicing that day. Hit the like and subscribe button if you don't want to see Shaq naked because I don't. Well, you'd never get over that. Uh, yeah, I just think it was that base. I think it was that base level. And and listen, <clears throat> I don't blame you Wanting to go and coach in the NFL because it's easier, but that doesn't that say a little bit about its about his direction in life and where he is with Jerry Mack at this point. He wants things to be a little bit easier. Well, he was considered a
5: like there was like a forty under forty that they do every year of coach assistant coaches under forty who are the next rising star at head coach and Jerry Mack has been on the list two years in a row by ESPN. So, yeah. but I mean you're right. It's possible. Like let's think about it this do you want the grind of becoming a head coach or would you just like, you're like, you're right. Maybe take the easier road out, collect the check, go to Jacksonville and be like, Hey, I'll, I'll limit my potential to become a head coach, but I'm working less now.
4: Well, d- d- don't forget this either that the, the pension plan for coaches in the NFL is tremendous. If you can make it five years as a player, a coach, When you get to be about 45, you're getting a pretty good chunk of change, like a full-time salary for the rest of your life. So that could be in his plans as well. I don't want to question his work ethic, but there is a difference between being a Nick Saban type of worker and a Derek Dooley type of worker. There are variances in between, and I just wonder if you want to go to the NFL so quickly before some of this NIL stuff gets worked out, and it will. The calendar is going to get fixed to some extent. I just wonder if you want to move so quickly. Are you the hardest worker on the staff? Are you the guy that I'm not trying to throw dirt on somebody just because they left, but it does make me wonder a little bit about what you to accomplish with your goals, the championships or just a career.
5: There's another element to this too, though, and which is if you're a family type of person, because I'm going to give, I'm just going to tell a personal story real quick. Um, When I got out of college, my goal was to be a like local news TV anchor for a big city, you know, preferably we move back home to Memphis or do it in DC, whatever, I knew that you had to – you know this, Dave. You're in journalism. To do that, you have to start in Nowheresville. I have never heard of this place. I can throw a stick and the whole town will hear it. USA, right? To, right. and You have to do it making sweatshop labor, all right? And you have to, like, climb the ladder slowly over 10 to 15 years. I kind of made a – and I started doing that. Actually, I started at a small town doing that. And then about three years in, I kind of made a judgment call of, you know, I'm looking to get married soon. I'm looking to, you know, settle down with my wife. I don't want to just go, I don't want to do this. So yeah, I took a, I, I, I switched up my career path a little bit. I'm happy. I ended up with you doing this. And so I'm very happy about it. But like, yeah, no, I decided not to climb that career trajectory because it was just going to be too much for me when I had somebody I was trying to settle down with. Hey, so you're maybe- talking,
4: Hey, you're preaching to the choir. You're talking that guy who, Work too much, and misses some of those evenings with his children. So we're we're both in the same mindset space. It just took us a different path to get there. And listen, I got no problem if a coach wants to go to the NFL and have a family life and not have to worry about a kid getting arrested or a kid fell in a math test or something stupid. And there's so many stupid things that college coaches have to worry about. I'm not going to knock anybody for wanting to go to the NFL. I think that um, Mark Emmert, the former NCAA president, should still be ashamed of himself because the calendar is so, so incredibly bad that you've got coaches that want to go ahead and uh, bolt. So I'll ask you for fourth down. All SEC
3: center Cooper Mays here, fourth down.
4: Simply put, Tennessee's staff is better than it was much better than it was worse than it was much worse than it was 60 seconds caleb's answer imagine having the best spas made right here in the united states of america in your backyard dynasty pools and spas their showroom is open in athens right off the interstate you can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery? Yes, they can do that. in Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty pools and spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to dynastypoolsandspas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. dynastypoolsandspas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Hey now. There you go. Mention off the sports get $500 off. Hit that like and subscribe button. So, let me ask you. Tennessee's coaching staff is much better, better Worse, much worse than it was a week ago before they had two coaching changes in the assistant ranks.
5: I'm gonna go better. I won't go much better because we don't know Darrell Sims versus Jerry Mack. But I think we can definitively but I I think I think it's you can funny say that, you say that because I feel better about the other
4: one. Go ahead, finish your point.
5: Well, no, I think I think you were right that maybe Jerry Mack was nudged off, but we don't know how good Darrell Sims will be, is what I'm saying. We're not sure he'll be good. We know verifiably that William Eanes is better than Brian Jean-Marie like we know that for a pretty solid their track records make it clear look I'm sorry but you're right running backs and linebackers both underachieved in terms of development the difference is what
4: are the chances that both were pushed out the door
5: that's where I was going to get it you've convinced me I think both may have been pushed out the door
4: at least nudged I mean Jean-Marie I know you like Sharon Moore at Michigan a lot and you think he's going to have success there correct yes I do I love it when I put words in somebody's mouth and then ask them if it's correct. It's always nice. I know you don't like certain people, but uh, uh, anyway, you like him. But let's face it, that's a less <clears throat> that's a less stable job than coaching for Josh Heupel right now, isn't it? I mean, more could tank. Absolutely he could.
5: Absolutely he could. I agree that's a less stable job. Um, I think it's very possible they were nudged. Also, let's put it this way. They were nudged for two reasons. There's a net improvement of the staff, I think, already, and you're saving money. Now, okay, it's the University of Tennessee. You're saving ninety-five thousand dollars. That is chump change. But hey, Dave, you tell me, ninety-five thousand dollars—that might be enough to sway a recruit on the NIL tra- trail, right?
4: Could be, could be. I mean, some <laughs> of these guys were getting, and we're going to get into this a little bit. We're getting like five thousand just to go on a visit. Yeah. By the so- way. Uh, VFL Texas uh, says, I don't know if that means you're an astronaut." uh, is listening from a fault We love thought. That's a beautiful area of town on our poll question. How many teams should be in the college football playoff? There's talk about more than 12, uh, less than 12, 20%, 12 gets 47%. That's the lead. 14 gets 10% more than 14 gets 23%. This is officially the spot in which the NCAA has gone too far. If they go past 12. That's my thought, and we're going to discuss that here momentarily. First, I do want to reset the poll question if we can. Which coach would you connect with most if you were a recruiting prospect? Is that what we want to do?
5: Yes, and don't just view this from orange-colored glasses, guys. Think about everything. are asking we'll a lot.
4: It. Okay. You're you're asking – do we want to do everybody but Josh Heifel? Okay. So you which think about side of
5: which coach okay, outside you, of Josh Heupel?
4: Okay, you think about it, and then coming up on the program, Josh Heupel praised as one of the nicest coach for anonymous, uh prospects that were out there. This is a great piece, and Josh Heupel is such a nice guy. Too nice? I don't think so. We'll discuss. He's, He's Caleb a champion Calhoun. of life, Dave. He's a champion of life, he is not. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker folks. <laughs>
3: sun sand and salt water the beach is a very relaxing place unless you wear contacts Ow! open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with lasik vision correction from campbell cunningham laser center ah you seen
0: the latest TriStar Hats Co. product?
4: TriStar Hats Co.? What's that?
0: You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me.
4: Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them?
0: Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order, $50 or more. Plus use the promo code, Hooked.
4: With the promo code, Hooked, you get 10% 10% off. That's hooked.
0: And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at tristarhatsco.com. That's tristarhatsco.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to tristarhatsco.com for the best quality and customer service.
4: Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code hook. That's hooked when I do to save an additional 10% off. tristarhatsco.com.
5: Tristar Hats Co. is a trademark of Tristar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this.
2: The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com.
3: You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of offthehooksports.com.
2: The internet is full of pictures of each and every one
3: of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com.
4: Welcome back. Is Josh Heupel just too nice? We'll discuss that. And also, we're going to reset the poll question. The poll question ends with this. How many teams should be in the college football playoff? It appears as if the – wow, there's a push for more than 14. A late push there. Maybe I should have let it go. But 12% – or 12 say – excuse me. 46% say 12 is just fine. 21% say less than 12. Now 21% more than 12. Uh, 14 would be the perfect number, that according to nine people on board. So we're going to reset that. Uh, Caleb's going to set that up. What do we got coming up, Caleb, before we get to Josh Heupel? It's just too nice. Oh, there it is. What coach would you connect with the most on the recruiting trail if you were a prospect? You put Josh. Everybody's going to say Josh Heupel. I know, but I'm trying to see if someone cannot do this
5: with their orange colored glasses. So we'll see.
4: I don't think that's going to happen, and I had you turned down. Sorry. Um, all right, I think we're going to need to repost that.
5: It's going to be all Josh hype. Give it a Caleb. give it a give it a second. Let's. I am challenging Vol fans to not be so delusional about like everything Vol's for once.
4: I think you're asking a lot. I think you're asking a lot. But okay, so who are our other choices then?
5: Deion Sanders. Come on, Coach Prime recruiting you would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Like, cool.
4: yeah.
5: Kirby Smart. And Dabo Swinney.
4: Uh, Okay. I would lean more towards Kirby because I'm all about what can you do for me professionally.
5: I would lean towards Dabo because I think nobody looks out for their players more than Dabo. Even if you disagree with his takes on NIL and the transfer portal, I think Dabo probably is more principled than any coach in college football.
4: If I was a parent, then I would make that decision. If I was an 18-year-old kid, then yes. Uh, But I think you bring up uh, a really good point. So this was on The Athletic, who, yes, they're still in business and doing some good work. Uh, This was asked of a a particular uh, unnamed prospect, who were the nicest coaches you met during the process from schools you didn't sign with, okay? A lot of the guys were called nice guys. One was Coach Hype. He said, I want to say between – uh, coach Hype and Dan Lanning, who's Oregon's coach. Coach Hype, down-to-earth guy. He's really nice off the field. He's a nice guy, good person. He actually cares about his players. He knows his players. His players can come to him, and I see that with my own eyes. That's strong. So when we talk about the culture and NIL, uh, what is actually the strongest between the two? Because I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think the strongest between the two is is not in IL anymore for Josh Hype. I actually believe that it's his culture with this program.
3: What the? Why was he thinking? Release the house. for Dave Hooker Show. K- 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 keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com.
4: Is that crazy for me to say that, Caleb? Is that too strong?
5: No, I think you're absolutely right about culture. And I think Josh Hype has established culture very well. And I think part of it is his personality. I'll let you give your take, but I actually have an interesting take on why hypos established such a good culture at Tennessee.
4: Okay. Uh, brought to you by Rick Terry jewelry design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. Uh, how about the fire opals? Our good friend, uh, Caleb uh, won the fire opals and uh, he was able to get them to his wife on uh, Valentine's day, which was cool. And he and I've got some uh, plans to, to get together and do some uh, listener parties. We'll get Caleb in here somehow. Uh, but, I'm going to answer this really simply. I think it's just because Josh Heupel's a good dude. I don't think he went into his coaching career saying, should I be a dictator like Nick Saban or should I be a good guy like Dabo Sweeney? I don't think he went into it like that. I think that's just who he is. What about you, Caleb? Brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. Again, the fire opals, the Tennessee tradition. What say you, Caleb?
5: I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible because it usually, it it sounds really bad, but I don't mean it bad. Okay. Who's ever seen clips of Josh Hypo when he played quarterback at Oklahoma? I remember him. You remember him, right, Dave? Yes. remember him in interviews. Yes. Did he not during that time? Did he not come across you as a total meathead?
4: He came across to me like he does now. And that's a guy that doesn't want any part of the media. Doesn't see the importance in it which we could debate that. but Super jock. It. Yeah.
5: That's what I mean. He can't, he was a total jock. Like he was a this dude from North Dakota, kinda South Dakota.
4: Here's a weird comparison. I'm not talking about play. He kind of came across a little bit like Casey Clawson as a player.
5: I could see that, who was also a jock in every way possible. Like, Everybody. yes, Josh Josh Heupel was the ultimate jock, okay? Typically jocks aren't that bright. Josh Heupel just happens to be pretty smart. You know what I mean? And I think that it was like, so I think hype as a jock almost feels like you're connect. It almost feels like he's, he is your quarterback when he's in the locker room. You know, the quarterback that's like the great teammate with everybody. Yep. He comes across as that more than he does the coach. And I think you, I think you, you kind of feel that energy with him more, even though the quarterback is a leader too. I mean, Hendon Hooker was an incredible leader. And so, but yeah, I think that, I think that's why he comes across that way. And you know, we talk about you know, one of the what there's obviously generational differences culturally from coaches who played in different coaches. Philip Fulmer was Philip Fulmer played in the 60s, connected well with the players of the 90s, but you didn't think he was like one of the guys, right? He was a he was a head coach, right? Yes, yeah.
4: I think and- he thought he was one of the guys. I remember him asking Eric Gange one time and said, um, my wife's gone for the weekend. We can bachelor it up together. And I did not know what that means. And I still don't know what that means, but it was a funny line.
5: Wow. I did not know that. Okay. That's a little weird thing to say.
4: <laughs> I think he was joking. He was joking.
5: Wait, okay. Here's my question, Dave. Here's where it's a little different. Could Phil, Ful- could Fulmer talk to his players in the nineties about Tupac albums? If he was asked, Do you think he could in any second?
4: No, I think they would think that would be silly.
5: But Josh Heupel probably could talk to his players today about Drake albums, couldn't he?
4: Yeah, is that the popular one now? Is that the guy?
5: Drake, Lil Uzi, Kendrick Lamar, like any of the, you know, one of the
4: I don't think he can. I think he can speak about Kendrick Lamar, which you and my daughter may have me won over with. I don't think he can speak to all, all those guys. And I don't think he has to. I mean, from visiting with Coop and Jacob. Kendrick Lamar isn't the most popular guy anymore. No, no, I'm
5: old saying that. I'm old saying that. Okay. Well, I mean,
4: but I'm just saying everybody has something different. It's like it used to be rock. I just want to say this real quick. It used to be rock, and then there were different genres of music. Now they're just different genres of music. There's rap and rock, and it's all kind of equal footing. People yes, listen and, to a vast and the, majority of different things.
5: And the Gen Xers were the first to really listen to that vast majority. Josh Heupel is a Gen Xer, so he probably I, I guarantee you, Josh Heupel really doesn't separate genres that much. Fulmer probably did. Fulmer probably liked old rock and country. Am I right? That was probably Fulmer's taste in music.
4: Yeah, I would say that. But again, when I come back to this this culture thing, I think the important thing to point out is when did you think Butch Jones wasn't gonna make it because he was a sociopath?
5: I never you know, I never knew he was a sociopath and I didn't know the inner workings. <laughs> I was I, I here, I was out on him. I actually I I'm ashamed to admit, it. I rode the Butch Jones train for a long time defending him, even though I, I didn't defend what he did, but I said, these aren't fireable offenses. I didn't say it was a fireable offense until the 2017 Florida game. That's when I said. That's the most worst, ridiculous coach game I've ever seen. And then the, a week later, he lectured the media, that whole shy, total lie. That was the moment I'm like, he's a sociopath. He's a terrible person.
4: Um in, in, in Tennessee's hirings with now, nah, I was caught totally unaware of Lane Kiffin and what happened there. But with Dooley, Butch and Jeremy Pruitt, I was told no more than a year. Sometimes even a, with Derek Dooley, it was like, this guy's not wired right. He just went and told the drywall guy to take a break and is doing the drywall outside of his office. I was like, OK, well, that guy's not very bright. You have to delegate, don't you? Drywall would be something that I would delegate.
5: Well, That's, I don't know if he's not very bright, but Derek Dooley tried to micromanage. He didn't trust anybody to do anything outside of him. Right.
4: Right. Well, bright. I just use that word. But yeah, yeah I, knew, I knew he was a goofball. And then I heard stuff about Butch Jones. I heard stuff about Jeremy Pruitt. The point I want to make is that I haven't heard a single negative thing about Josh Heupel. And I'm saying that being completely forthright. The stuff I heard about the previous coaches, it, it, it wasn't strong enough for me to report. I knew it. And I was like, don't get too excited about that guy but I didn't report anything on it. My point is with Josh Heupel, we're entering year four. There has been enough time that something would come out. And basically what we've come up with is maybe he's made some questionable personnel decisions at quarterback. There is no deep seated character flaw that I'm aware of. Um, I haven't heard of anything. I think that's a good place to be. Click that like and subscribe button, Caleb. I haven't heard I, of anything.
5: I'm going to nitpick, but there are two that I think should be brought up. I think the quarterback issue was a character flaw because he he did not give Hindenhooker Hooker a fair chance to win the starting job because he wanted to be right about Joe Milton because he was that arrogant. Okay. I I, I think that's the other character flaw is not addressing the Cooper May's injury when he should have. And he calls at, Tennessee the Florida he calls Tennessee the Florida game because of that.
4: Okay. At the end of the day, though, if that's your bad marks on your report card in four years, you would take that, right? That's an A or A minus at the worst, right? As a whole. Yeah, I
5: agree. I agree. I mean, I heard I, I will give you with Butch Jones, I heard questionable stuff about Butch. I just kind of dismiss some of it i will admit but like because i'm like you hear questionable stuff about every coach like this but you're right i i had heard by the by this point in, it, it, by this point in jones's tenure i had heard questionable stuff i mean it was this point in jones's tenure where that whole sexual assault lawsuit happened and butch jones called a press conference and the press conference said this is bad because it hurts tennessee and recruiting i'm like read the room Ten- dave hart's trying to address tennessee n- having a real issue that people are complaining about with protection of women on campus and you say this hurts us in recruiting and you think that's going to be good long-term.
4: I I love our our listeners slash viewers because my point was not to make this nitpicking Josh Heifel, which that's the term Caleb just used, but we kind of have. And so I want to be fair to those that are showing some objectivity, probably not on the poll. We'll get back to that. Uh, but Dylan says Hendon was a Pruitt recruit. We also what Pruitt guys were doing it's very true. That's fair. I think talent evaluation is a slight concern. And then you have Travis saying defenses isn't prioritized. That bothers me. That's, that's fair as well. I think you're going to have most of the time your uh well, let's look at uh, Ethan Davis, for instance, the tight end. Yeah. That's a body that, with John Chavis there and the emphasis they used to put on defense plays defensive end instead of tight end because it's easier to learn, right? But yet there that was no true. question. There's no question he was playing tight end. There was not even a conversation.
3: I
5: mean, to be fair, they did convert Jason Witten to tight end from defensive end. I don't know how John well, yeah, Chavis I don't felt know about, about it. this
4: crew. And then the guy from Europe.
5: Yeah. Oh, uh, Emmanuel Lacoy?
4: Yeah. He's a tight end.
5: Yeah, but true, but they're so loaded at defensive end. Like okay, they, well, those guys wouldn't play if they were defensive ends.
4: Okay. I think that's a, anyway, point is I think we're nitpicking. Um, I think that Josh Heupel is in, is in very good stead. I want to check on that uh, poll question too, because I, I have a feeling that you would relate most with uh, Josh Heupel. Caleb, you want to repeat that poll question, but don't give me the answers yet
5: yeah it's orange colored glasses the worst
4: poll- question. it's the worst poll question ever what is it
5: which coach would you connect with the most on the recruiting trail if you were a po- prospect
4: the answers brought to you if that like and subscribe button were represented by banks and jones hey banks and jones well it's because they're tennessee's trial attorney you can play to win with banks and jones because they'll go to trial you've heard of other lawyers they say they'll go to trial and fight for you they won't they just want to settle that's the easiest way out well that's not banks and jones led by t scott jones they won't settle they'll go to trial for you tennessee's trial attorney they play to win truly tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury why settle it's banks and jones t scott jones BanksandJones.com. all right so let's go to the poll question Got
5: my T Scott Jones impression on
4: represented by Banks and Jones. I like that. So what do we what do we got with your terrible poll question?
5: I don't want to admit that okay, you will write a number on Wait, okay, one. wait, wait, wait. Uh, but but there's some competition. Josh Hybel's at 75%. Yes. However, Deion Sanders is at 17%. And Kirby Smart's at 8%. And where is the love for Dabo, guys? Why don't y'all love Dabo Sweeney? Okay.
4: Dabo's like the nice guy who nobody likes anymore. Why does he not get the treatment of a coach who won two national championships? You know who it was? Dabo's the sober guy. Okay? So you go to a party, you're in your 20s, and he's the nicest guy in the world. And you love talking to him at the beginning of the night. But towards the end of the night, his career, he still starts sober and everybody else is drunk. So he's no fun to talk to anymore.
5: Oh, he's also that guy that, like, gives you all that political talk when you're pr- trying to get drunk, probably. You're just drinking, and he's like, well, you know, alcohol comes from this and that. And it's like, shut up. I just
4: want to drink. It's a poison, <laughs> technically. You do know that. Yeah, yeah he's that guy. Anyway, use use he's a term I'm not going to use on the message board, but uh, I think goober would be a good way to put that. But, so he, but
5: he, this is so unfair. We treat him like a goober and not like a two-time national champion.
4: I know. It's not fair, and he's a good, he's a good, faithful Christian man by all accounts. I mean, he's had twenty <laughs> years; he had twenty years to tear him apart, and we haven't done it. You wouldn't um, think that Dabo is
5: a you're right. You wouldn't think he's a champion, but he's right now in terms of resume, you have to put him number one in college football above Kirby Smart because what he did at Clemson is more impressive than doing it at Georgia.
4: I hadn't even thought about that. That's a whole nother topic. How about tomorrow? All right, do you want to reset our? Poll question without high. I'm going to go with three coaches. Let's get a suggestion. Let's get suggestions from the message board. What three coaches or four coaches? What coach? What's one coach that if you were a prospect and you could have anybody visit you, you would want that guy to come in. Don't
5: say drink drink a beer with. Don't say drink a beer with because we can't put Steve Sarkeesian on there. If you're going to have a beer with (laughs) terrible, that's
4: terrible. terrible. Uh, Chat Mortgage, congratulations. Your home search just got easier. Buying a home in Chattanooga has never been easier with uh, Chattanooga Mortgage. Go to chatmortgage.com. It's right down below. Chatmortgage.com. Uh, that is that is an awful, <laughs> awful thing So well, who do we want on the poll on our message board? Um we've got uh no no we're talking about um Oh no, Kiffin, Kiffin, yes, Lane <clears throat> Kiffin. Kiffin. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's where that's... we're going here. So right, let's we're, not for... okay, the... we're not talking about current coaches on the staff. So we got Lane Kiffin. And then I think Dabo is worth it. from the. And I think that Kirby Smart should. Dylan, we're going to do position coaches tomorrow. That is actually a great idea. Wait, uh, can
5: we edit? Can we edit this? Or do I have to just start a new poll?
4: You just have to start a new poll. Your last one was so bad it broke YouTube. <laughs> You just wouldn't let it go. I knew I've been doing this for 25 years and I knew that one was going to be all hype. Pittman gets a vote. All right. So let's do. We're not
5: doing Sam Pittman. Okay.
4: We are. That
5: gets a second. No, we've got our four. We've got our four. I'm keeping the three we had. I'm keeping the three we had and I'm adding Lane Kiffin. Well, who's the other three? The ones we just had Dabo, Kirby, and Dion. Dion was second.
4: Drop Dabo for Pittman.
5: You can't drop Dabo for Pittman. Dabo, guys, I am not going to disrespect Dabo like y'all do. He is a two-time national champion,
4: okay? All right, well, we got to drop somebody. Drop drop Dabo. Well, yeah, we're dropping Josh Heupel. No, I want to get Pittman in. Okay, fine. I'm okay. not putting Sam Pittman in there, Dave. Okay, no Pittman. Um, we, we won't go Pittman then. But Travis says, I love Sam Pittman. Dan Lanning, too. We want to get Dan landing in there. Do we have we have a limit though of how many we can put? Right? Yeah. Um, Everybody's like, drop Dabo. Just drop Dabo. No, you want to keep Dabo. All right. So
5: yes, uh, I'm 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 keeping Dabo because I am I have a principle that I think point Dabo. Point this point is point my point. principle. You guys are so unfair to Dabo. Okay. Y'all are so unfair. He's the best coach. He has the best resume in college football right now with Nick Saban retired. Dabo Swinney's number one in any coach ranking. Okay? And you're not serious if you put Kirby Smart ahead of him right now.
4: No. Okay. Same
5: number of national championships, and Dabo did it at a harder place to win. But
4: who's going to win more in the future? I want my son to okay. – okay. your question's fine. Leave it up there. Who are our four,
5: our final Kirby four? Smart, Dabo Swinney, Lane Kiffin, and Deion Sanders.
4: Okay. And this is who you would want in your home on an official visit, not to play for. Okay.
5: Who you would connect with the most, yes.
4: All right. And can we reset it? Because I'm still getting Josh Heifel getting 75% of the vote.
5: I'm resetting it now. I'm resetting right. it now. Here we go. All right, it's up. It's up. Now show Dabo. I'm voting for Dabo just to stick it to you guys. I hate no. you guys.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: was a big part of the piece that The Athletic did, which I thought was very well done. And uh, it was about visiting with anonymous recruits, a very good piece put together by, I thought, The Athletic. Um, And it suggested that the NIL isn't the ultimate difference maker. Didn't I don't want to change our tunes too quickly. Didn't we say just a year ago, when you and I started doing this on a regular basis, that NIL was the, was the difference maker that could get Tennessee above Georgia and Alabama at the time. Are we dismissing that too quickly? And I wonder too, when I was reading the column, are the prospects perhaps dismissing NIL a little too quickly? Do they just feel like they deserve it? Like that's just part of the game. Well, I hate to tell you four years ago, it wasn't part of the game. What was your take on The Athletic downplaying NIL and what they could do in in recruiting, what NIL could do in recruiting.
5: My take was, I think NIL is not what we thought, which is this. We thought NIL was going to outweigh everything else combined. It doesn't. NIL is another factor. So when you you talk about recruiting players, a few things come to mind. The coaching, the, the success of the coach is a big one, right? The... Um, the success of the program at the time, your prospects are going to the NFL playing time. Playing time's a big one, right? If you can play early. Great. And also most notably, I would say, um, location, like a lot of kids like to stay close to home. We talk about all the time with LSU. What is it? The LSU players, LSU doesn't have to leave Louisiana to get recruits, at least pre NIL. Those things are all factors still. Those things are all factors, and they still equally compete with NIL is what I think. Because if the NIL difference is, if you're a Louisiana kid, let's just talk LSU for a minute. If you're a Louisiana kid, LSU offers you 80000 and you don't want to leave the state. Tennessee offers you 90000 Well, you might sacrifice the $10,000 to stay home, won't you?
4: I mean, certainly. I, I don't think that's – one guy said that he gave up uh, – he left about – Hundred thousand sitting on the table because he wanted to go to the school that he wanted to go the to. Dream yeah, it was 500 compared to 400,000. So to me, the guy played his cards pretty good. I that should money should never be a factor in our lives, but a lot of times at 17, when we're thinking about hey, let's take this uh, girlfriend out on a date or a car or something like that, a lot of things you are a lot of times you are going to think of money, but if your pursuit. Is more along the lines of winning championships and being the best player you can be, I believe you're going to have a a better result. I also believe you're going to enjoy college life a lot more at some programs other than others. And I think Tennessee is when you're going to enjoy your time there, perhaps more than a Georgia, which seems a little bit more like a college football factory.
5: Yeah, I totally agree. I think NIL more than anything is a – I think you have to be competitive, but I don't necessarily think that as long as you're competitive, I think you can be in the running with other factors and recruit.
4: Some other interesting uh, takes who were the nicest coaches you met during the process from schools. You didn't sign with Sonny Dykes and Jim Harbaugh, Michigan um, Dykes, very family oriented. Uh, this person says, I really like Georgia coach Kirby smart ex-defensive backs coach uh, Fran Brown, Miami defensive coordinator Lance Gidry, executive director Dennis Smith, Florida's Billy Napier is a really good dude. Uh, I don't know that being a good dude on this list is any better for you. I mean, pretty much everybody has been named. Miami's Mario Cristobal, Penn State's James Franklin. I guess they're expecting some coaches to go in there and say, wow, this uh, dinner you made me taste like pure garbage. I mean, How are you not a nice guy? To me, it's about being a genuine guy when you walk in the room. You still have something to sell, and that's your school. I don't necessarily care if Josh Heupel is nice. I I want him to be decisive, and you want him to be very directive in his approach to who he signs and who he doesn't. Nice doesn't really matter that much.
5: No, nice, you just seem to be honest. I mean, guys, Dave, you can say this because he was a sociopath, as you always say. Butch Jones was nice on the trail, wasn't he? He told you what you wanted to hear, and then he lied to you. I mean, I think players respect, I think players respect, honesty. Now, you've covered recruiting more than I have. Most prospects aren't stupid enough to fall for the nice sociopath, are they?
4: Oh, I did with Butch. Until I think that there was a, that was a point I was trying to make earlier until Butch it came out that he was sociopathic he still had success
5: but you had to know he was sociopathic i think like for instance i don't think Lane Kiffin lied a lot on the recruiting trail i don't think he lies a lot at all he doesn't he seems very direct honestly you could tell me you know him more than i do but lane kiffin seems like i'm not here to be your friend i'm here to coach you period end of story
4: that's true it's very true um i think most of the people are like that, that we're talking about the successful ones. I don't think Kirby smart necessarily cares about you after, um, just Josh hype will care about you after. I don't know how to really look into his heart, Caleb, but it's been long enough. Now, the point I was trying to make earlier that it seems genuine to me. That's both on and off the record.
5: Yes, I, I think so too. I think hype is genuine with that. I think, I think Kirby smart is genuine. I think Kirby smarts. A, I I've, Having watched him a little bit, I think he's an honest guy. I'll tell you who I'll tell you who actually was a bit fake in his recruiting, I bet early in the day because I saw it with the media. Guys, go back and watch old Nick Saban interviews when he was at LSU in the early 2000s. He was so much nicer to the media than he is now because he realized he couldn't be he didn't have the he didn't have the cachet to be such a as you would say jackwagon, Dave. Um, you know, and he got a lot meaner when he realized he his true self showed as he had the cachet to show his true self, quite honestly.
4: Some of these visits are bizarre, okay? Th- th- these are visits that just didn't happen before NIL. So they said, "What? Uh, which school do you think spent the most money on your visit and why? One person says Penn State. I went to an unofficial visit, but it was like an official visit. They picked us up in a Mercedes-Benz truck, took us to the game, gave us a tour of food in the works. Uh, Michigan had three taco food trucks. Said he'll never forget it. UCF took them to a seafood restaurant. Top golf. UCLA said they went to dinner a couple of times on visits. It was Mother's Day weekend. They did extra stuff for my mom. Remember, it used to just be able to spend one night on a visit. They apparently did the whole weekend. Texas had a big recruiting weekend with a Lamborghini and Rolls Royce out on the field. They took us to a good steak dinner right after. So Are I'm sure gonna- that wasn't when
5: Eric Dickerson was being recruited back in 1981.
4: Maybe this is not SMU. This is Texas. Uh, well, Eric Dickerson
5: said, took a car. No, he oh, took he it did. from Texas. A M.
4: Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> he went to SMU. <laughs> my question is, we, I think Josh Heupel is painted as the offensive guru that is ahead of the curve in NIL. But should we look at Steve Sarkeesian? If he's, there has to be a perfect com, uh, combination between Lane Kiffin, the salesman, and Nick Saban, the program builder, could Sarkeesian be closer to that than we at first thought? You're not a big Sark guy. I'm beginning to be one over.
5: I think that's already. I think Kirby Smart is that. I think Kirby Smart's the salesman and the program builder.
4: Oh, now I think Kirby Smart's on another another level. I'm talking about a lower. level.
5: I think he's the best. I, I will. I think he's the best recruiter in college football. I'm not just that he's at Georgia, by the way. I think Kirby Smart uh, cannot recruit anybody. Um, I could see. I could potentially see Sark being a good recruiter. Sark just seems—he seems a little awkward to me, though. Kind of like Lane. He still comes across to me as a little bit awkward. He
4: seems less um, awkward to me than Lane. Maybe less he awkward, but he's still comes getting across- somewhere towards the middle. I don't think we—I don't think I think the perfect coach just probably retired. I think the closest thing to being the next perfect coach is probably at Georgia. So we're talking about everybody else. Well, I All think
5: Kirby the- Smart's actually a more perfect recruiter than Nick Saban is. If I'm being honest, who do you think you would connect? Who do you think would be the better combination in your home? Kirby, smarter, Nick Saban, take Nick Saban's legacy out of it. It's Kirby.
4: It might be Kirby. It's Kirby. They don't. Also, by
5: the way, the best who, you know who you would really connect. Let's call it what it is. The coach you'd connect with most in your home is Ed Orzerod. That dude probably knows how to talk to recruits and their parents when he's not drinking.
4: (laughs) no, I would think so, uh, although uh, there was a certain prospect to his grandmother asking him to leave Sunday night when he'd been having a little bit too much fun. He's Caleb I Calhoun.
5: said when he's not drinking.
4: Yes, yes. well, that was one of the times. He was a very good receiver at Georgia, would have been good at Tennessee. Should I share his name? Maybe I will, right after I this. I know he's who Caleb. It is. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, off the hook sports. Coming up, Bama <laughs> just decides to fire their play-by-play guy just because. Please explain that to me. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Also, be nice in recruiting. Does that help? And college football playoff already wants to expand before the first playoff has been held. Stay tuned.
3: Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hong at cctis.com.
4: hi i'm rick terry and we at rick terry jewelry designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in knoxville for over 35 years at rick terry jewelry designs we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories especially those fire opals at rick terry jewelry designs we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day go vols
3: hi mike davis here with city heating and air reminding you to always dare to compare
1: We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10
2: a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com.
3: Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker.
4: One of the things that I didn't find on this list by The Athletic when they talked about NIL versus culture, which would you rather be a part of, uh, NIL, which I think players just expect now. I don't don't think it's, I think it's like having pads. It's like having practice, uh, uh, practice sleds. I I just don't think that's a big thing anymore. So when, when I look at um, NIL, I don't think that's a big factor. One of the things we didn't see mentioned though, in this piece was um, the relationship that the mom could have potentially had with said recruiter heard of several instances of that being a situation, but nobody says, I went to this school because my mom dated my recruiter. Nobody says that. That's not a good reason. Perhaps they're not aware of that.
5: Was there a certain former Tennessee head coach who was good at that?
4: I don't know. But (laughs) when when the coach continually, when your mom continually says you should go to this school and wait, I've got to take this call, then you might, Wonder a little bit. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. I uh, want to get you on board now. And then the Eli Gold uh, situation at the University of Alabama. Um, so Eli Gold and these these days are gone. And I want to go back to the John Ward days. And a lot of the a lot of the games, Eli Gold, the former voice of the uh, Al- Alabama football program, longtime former voice. A lot of these radio broadcasts were your connection with the team because not all games were televised. That's why people turned down the volume on TV and they listened to John Ward. Now, that doesn't happen nowadays, but Eli Gold is one of the last for that. And I know a lot of fans have been excited by the fact that Alabama is falling apart. Hit like if if you're one of those. Be sure and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. But I got to. I got to be honest with you. I've I've waited, and now the waiting is done. You have a crew that is taking, I believe, the Philip Fulmer approach when he was athletic director and cleaning house, a little bit like Dave Hart, too, who's asked to clean house <clears throat> because they had so many associate athletic directors. But this is where you cross the line to me. You don't bring Eli Goldback, what, to say maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's your play-by-play voice. So you can pay a guy that's 30 years old. You can pay him $50,000. And he comes out and he has to say publicly, I'm not retired. I wasn't fired. Or I was, I'm not retired. I was fired. And then he fought cancer last year. Caleb, how do you fire somebody that's been the voice of your program for 20 years and fought cancer last year and the fan base rallied behind him what is going on at the university of alabama
5: yeah so he has been eli gold has been their play-by-play broadcaster since 1988 It not the way alabama reported it was that they had agreed to part ways so he won't return in 2024 he comes out and says we didn't agree to part ways they wanted me gone basically was what he said they're not bringing me back here's what i think is happening in an age of NIL, Moneyball is going to be the way to go for a lot of people. You are going to see a lot more cuts to things that many fans may have found been passionate about.
4: But are you telling me they're cutting Eli to add a prospect? Is that what you're going after? Yes.
5: Yes. yes. I think they want, I think that is how much is Eli Gold's salary right now, would you say?
4: I'm going to complete guess 250 grand a year.
5: Okay. And you're saying they're going to hire somebody at 60, 190 grand,
4: probably probably 70, 80. So let's say, let's say that they save 150.
5: That's two prospects every year on the recruiting trail. And, but guys, I get it. And before any of you guys try to correct me, I know schools don't pay players on the recruiting trail, but guys, it's all in the same pot because the schools make their decisions based on booster money and donor money. That donor money is not going to come in the way it usually does because they need that donor money to be spent on players with advertisements. So, look, I got to be honest. I think that's what this is about. And I think I've told you guys for a while now. uh, Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne, I can tell you what's happening. He's very upset with the lack of NIL support he's getting from his boosters. I think he's very upset with it. And... I think he's trying to sit there and make a note to say, guys, I'll have to nuke this whole thing if you don't pony up some money. Because I need NIL money. Well,
4: maybe that's it. And maybe they get a little bit more off him, but it's not worth it. On the message board, uh, I believe it was um, it Hurts, their fan base. Yeah, I think it does. I think you're used to hearing Eli. You fought for him to get back in the booth last year with the cancer diagnosis. I I love him. I think he's just a great guy. I hate to see how that would be connected, but perhaps it would. Um, What would have happened if John Ward had been fired? Caleb Doreen.
5: Well, you have to understand that it, Tennessee is a little more unique than Alabama. And this is why John Ward is such a big deal. And um, he listened to the show. So I'm, I'm going to mention my dad who told me when I was growing up he would listen to Tennessee sports on the radio when he was young, living in Memphis, when nothing was on TV, you know, in the 60s and 70s. Um, That was John Ward's voice. Tennessee is so spread out as a state. It's three separate states, three separate regions. The voice of John Ward was the only connection you could have to the school if you lived in Memphis, really, or if you lived in Nashville, even, growing up. Sure. That's not necessarily the same. That's. That's not necessarily the same power that radio broadcasters have in other states, because John Ward was the only thing to connect the whole state of Tennessee, which is, for anybody who knows out, out as everybody who lives in Tennessee knows, is three separate states. I mean, they have three yeah, stars on the flag because but they're in knew the regions.
4: Yeah, but I knew who Larry Monson was at Georgia. I mean, I and, and that's because he's the play-by-play guy for Georgia. That. Retired. Yes, but he
5: did not have the his reach wasn't as significant as John Ward's reach was. I mean, where's that? Where's Georgia for the for the longest time until about 10 years ago, Tennessee's biggest city was Memphis, the other side of the state? How how could else could they connect to Knoxville outside of John Ward in the 60s and 70s? The biggest city in Georgia uh, and, has always yeah. been Atlanta.
4: But I've been driving home from Starkville and heard um Larry Monson. I mean, I that was that was a big one. Um but point being <clears throat> All the t- Is that just done? Are we just done with that? Nothing against Bob Kessling and the job he does or does not do on the broadcast, but are they just meaningless? Is that era gone? I mean, I, ca- I have trouble arguing with you if you tell me that nixing a play-by-play guy, I think you should find the money. But if you're going to tell me it brings you two prospects, then I have a hard time arguing not to do it. But I think the goodwill that they burned getting rid of Eli just cost them more money than they ever would have gained out of his salary in NIL.
5: You're right. that That's very possible. There could be some boosters very upset about it. Look, that, guys, here's something that's happening. I'm just – I am spitballing. It's conspiracy theory Caleb time. I got another one today because I know y'all love conspiracies. What if there are a few boosters who don't like Eli Gold and a few who do and some were saying, I'll pony up more money if you get rid of Eli Gold. I'm just I'm just throwing some things out there.
4: No, that's not – there were a few people who didn't like John Ward. Yes, John, but
5: booster power wasn't as important as it is now.
4: No, I agree. But no, 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 no. I'm just saying John Ward was about as likable as any play-by-play guy you could have, I thought. He was down the middle, but you could tell he rooted for the team that was paying his salary. Larry Munson was – We've got to hunker down. We've got to do this. We, we stepped
5: up. on their faces with a hot yeah, nail boot.
4: Yeah, was just over the top. But there were some people that didn't like John Ward. I don't know if they arranged a coup that mean, had to have him fired. But
5: John Ward had the fun sayings because for Tennessee specifically, because that's what you do when you're covering for a team. But yeah, John Ward was the most professional broadcast. Look, I, I thought every broadcaster was like that. Uh, honestly, it was like John Ward. I, I was shocked when I first heard. And I remember being like 14 and hearing Larry Munson do the whole broadcast for when Georgia beat Tennessee. And he said, we, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you never say we for who you're covering. That's like journalism 101, isn't it, Dave? You don't say we.
4: we, we finished up, you and me, not we, me and Tennessee. You and me finished up a show one time. I hopped in the car, and I wanted to go watch the, I think it was the Georgia-Alabama game. And I'm so focused in on Tennessee stuff, I really don't see what's happening. In other, so I just want to find the score, and I found Munson's broadcast. I knew it was a field goal game. I didn't know who was leading. The whole time we drove to this Dave & Buster's, actually, I didn't know the score. With John Ward, you would have known the score. The national championship is clad in big orange. Um, yeah,
5: exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, it, it's John Ward would say who's leading. Now, I I know there is a um, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of an art to not say who's leading, but give the score or something like that, and then go to commercial break because you want people to keep listening. And so yes. you don't want them to just wait on the score, you want them to stay tuned in. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, a lot of broadcasters would do that. Now, I will say that again, I don't know where this is going. I mean, we are in it. here here's here's the other problem, Dave. We're, we're in in the, the age of turning down your your TV to listen to the broadcast is dead. And the reason that's dead more than anything is because the radio broadcast is always going to be much quicker than the TV because most people are streaming now. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're going to hear them broadcast a play that's a minute in advance. And so that was kind of a big problem. That became a problem, actually, with digital cable in the late 90s. Digital cable, it, particularly after the freak out over Janet Jackson, decided let's do a seven second delay of anything that's live.
4: And I still have never been a part of a <clears throat> I watched that Super Bowl by myself and my phone just absolutely blew up. I, we, my wife and I got a chalet. I'll never forget the Janet Jackson Super Bowl. Everybody else probably has a good memory. It was just me and my wife by ourselves with our kids uh, upstairs asleep.
0: Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com casino.com and live the Chumba life.
4: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Uh, college football playoff is going to a 12-team playoff. That's what we'll start to plan our vacations around now. Uh, but they're already talking about a 14. Come on, Caleb. This cannot be at this point already. They haven't even had a 12 That's yet. It's crazy. It is crazy, Tracy Morgan. How serious are they about 14? I need
5: your what the H cuz this is not a what the h this is a what the f and we can't say it.
4: <laughs> do you want?
5: That's hot.
4: Okay, we'll just go with that's hot cuz I can't find it. What do you got? Oh wow, okay.
5: It's not just... hot. It is not hot at all. Yes, they are going to discuss going to a 14 team playoff. And I swear I'm going to riot if they do because they are ruining my sport. Josh Pate had a great tweet the other day. You know what it is? You know what he had, Dave? And this is true. He basically he basically said this. A bunch of average college football fans let a bunch of people who don't know college football fool them into thinking what's best for the sport. And this is what this is, okay? Because college football is an amazing sport run by a bunch of average people. And when I say average, I mean they they should not be in positions to make decisions for anything. And... That's where college football is at. This is next level stupid. And here's what it is. The SEC and Big Ten, and this is what's going on right now. They're jockeying because they each want to have two auto bids, not one. That's hot. (laughs) This is stupid. They don't need two auto bids. The second best team in each conference is going to be going to the playoff anyway.
4: Let me ask you this. Do you think... In five years, that the college football playoff will be at 12, 14, 16, or more.
5: Oh, it'll be at 16. It'll be at 16. I think
4: think it'll definitely be at 16. I wouldn't rule out 32.
5: And I'm going to tell you what's happening here. I told you guys that these conference commissioners are not that smart. And yeah, I'm putting Greg Sinke in there. I'm also putting Tony Petiti in there. Here's what's happening. This is actually really funny. Greg Sinke and Tony Petiti and Kevin Warren before Tony Petiti were so – and so were – all of these commissioners were. They were so obsessed with expansion, Dave. They were so all about expansion and expanding the college football playoff and expanding their conferences. You know what happened? They expanded so much, they rendered the need for conferences obsolete. So there is no need for conferences anymore. And now they're freaking out because guess what happens if there's no need for conferences? Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti don't have jobs. So huh. what so wait, wait, here's what they're doing. They are adding auto bids for the SEC and the Big Ten because they need the conferences to be so embedded with the college football playoff that you can't get rid of them because they know they don't there's no need for them to exist.
4: I will bet you right now that Greg Sankey is the head of football for the entire NCAA and that uh, Tony Petit is not.
5: So you think that Greg Sinke is all about dissolving the conferences anyway because he knows he could be the commissioner? I do. He's ruining tradition in college football.
4: I, mean, I, I understand. I understand. Let's talk about facts, not just how we feel. Okay, because I am uh, i would be fine with, I think, 12. I got to per- pour
5: some coffee for this, guys. My, my I, actually, is coming. I actually
4: love the way they set it up, surprisingly, with the buys, with the home games. I can't make it any better. So I'm perfect with 12. If you would have told me before they had 12, I would have said 8 or 16 because I didn't think about it being an uneven number, um, which I know that's still an even number, but it's not easily divisible by a bracket. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I wouldn't screw it. I wouldn't mess it with it at all. I think it's perfect. I wouldn't mess with it over the next 20 years. Uh, Derek says, "I don't pose this. I might lose it, man. Derek lose it go for it because 12 is good enough don't mess it up to the point where you can lose a third of your games and you make the playoffs because how many games did we see in the nfl playoffs where a team had gone they play 17 now so let's say they went nine and eight be in the playoffs that's what you don't want you want your best teams in the playoffs and i feel like year in and year out they're Are usually one or two elite teams. And then there's about eight teams that could win a championship if they got a couple of breaks year to year. That's that. Those are my thoughts. Feel free to change those. That's why 12 is okay because you can have a Cinderella. But really, I would have been okay with eight. So you're thinking
3: just
5: from the who's capable of winning the national championship. That's not where I'm going. I don't care if a team's capable or not. If they I think you should have to do the body of work in the regular season, that's why I never wanted to play off to begin with.
4: Well, I'm definitely factoring yours in as well. I'm not discounting it. What you bring okay, up. Okay, so here's the point. I mean, here's the fact where that you I, hear so much in September about a sport that's just a month old speaks to your point. It's a very good point. Yes.
5: Exactly. So, Dave, here's where I here's there is one way you could get me on board with the 14 team playoff, but they won't do this. But there's one way you could get me on board. You ready?
4: Okay. Every conference champion.
5: Every conference champion gets an auto bid. Limit the at large bids. Every single conference champion gets an auto bid. All I'm nine.
4: the opposite. I would do everyone is uh, some sort of formulaic BCS bid.
5: That makes no. Make the regular season matter. Make the regular. If you
4: do top. Paris, you like it, don't you? That's hot. Uh, no.
1: no, make the
5: regular season matter. All nine conference champions get auto bids. Five at large bids. I'm in. I'm in. Then I don't like at large bids because I don't like three lost teams getting into the playoff. Make the I, if you make all conference champions get auto bids, every regular season game still matters. Every game in September and in December matters. Wait. Otherwise,
4: wait. Time out. So you're you're okay with going to 14?
5: If you have all the auto bids for conference, every conference gets an auto bid. Yes, because in every regular season. my Here's my goal, Dave. This is my point. This is where I'm at. I want the regular season to matter as much as possible. I don't care about a playoff. I don't. I want whatever makes the regular season the most exciting because the thing about college football that matters more than any other sport is that the regular season matters. Nobody cares about NFL games in September. Okay? Nobody cares about NBA games, period. Nobody cares about baseball games anymore because, what, they have that stupid, is it 12 teams in baseball now? It's so dumb. They should have just stuck with four in baseball. It's the okay. worst
4: because they have, like, the one-game playoff.
5: It's so stupid. Premier League soccer, nobody watches it here, but everybody watches it elsewhere. You know why? There is no playoff in Premier League soccer. They just do a round-robin in the team with the best records is a champion. That's the way I want it. Okay? Now, I'm not going to get that, but I want – I want the regular season to matter as much as possible. If you add two teams, but you give nine auto bids, you actually increase the value of the regular season at that point because every conference game matters at that point. Fine. I can live with it. Fair. If you add two teams and those two teams are just two more at-large bids, so you're at nine at-large bids now, that's stupid, and it's dumb, and you're going to have eight and four LSU get in one year and luck luck into the national championship game and win it, and it's going to drive me crazy because they didn't do what they should have done in the regular season.
4: Somebody on the message board completely agrees with me. It's brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. Call 423-396-2126 or go to donself.net, donself.net, state farm agent in the Chattanooga area. We'll take care of you. When it's time to make a claim, you want that customer service. Everybody's shopping price, self.net. You can get a great price and get customer service. It's 40 years proven. I, I I look at the entire playoff situation and I wonder if somebody came to me, could I come up with a better idea than what they have? And for the first time in my life, I will say that I think the NCAA came up with a better idea than what I would have come up with. Cause it would have been an eight. And now they're already talking about destroying it. Eight would have been a perfect number. 12 works where you can't lose four games in a season and make the playoffs. Now, Travis says, if you're in the top 25, you should be able to play and compete for a title auto bids, reward, sorry, conference play. Um, I tend to be more along the top, 12 to 15. Um, that's the top one. That's the top 10% of the sport. Caleb, if we look at other sports, what percentages of the sports make the playoffs out of the team? 32 teams in the NFL. How many make the playoffs?
5: 14. And it's too many.
4: It is too many, but don't think that college football doesn't see that and realize the money's the, the checks are still cashing. The money's still coming in, even though it's too many and guys like us could nitpick their product. But don't be surprised if this one day, and we may be sending Caleb's newborn son here shortly to college on it, but don't be surprised one day if there's a 64 team playoff. Don't be Dave, stunned. Dave, Dave. I'm not saying I Caleb, I'm not saying I like it, but don't be stunned.
5: And then you know what's gonna happen? You know Labor Day weekend when college football season kicks off and you always get that one big top 25 game like Alabama plays USC or something like that? Nobody's going to watch it.
4: I, I, I'm with you, brother. I'm not. I mean, you're you're borderline I'm, at that already. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm scared that this could happen.
5: It is. This is the problem. College football, and this is what Josh Pate said, and he's right. College football is run by a bunch of people who don't know the – who don't – who are – not embedded in the sport and don't understand the value of the sport it is the most short-sighted thing you're you're turning college football into nascar and i keep saying it you are turning the sport into nascar nascar thought it could compete with the nfl regular season by doing the chase cup all they did was devalue the daytona 500 hey who watched the daytona 500 this year
4: who, knows who even when knew it, it got off. rained out yeah who knows when it was it was monday at four o'clock um yes,
5: because that, that be, was the biggest event in nascar
4: used to be that was cool. Everybody would get off work, and you'd meet down at the local sports bar. Nowadays, NASCAR doesn't matter. There's a ton of reasons NASCAR is not what it once was. But I did think of uh, the Daytona 500. I thought of you the other day, where if they go down those lines. The other thing they did is they made all cars look the same. Now you're making all programs look very similar in that they're all green. It's about getting NIL dollars. So I'm actually happy to see what we've heard, and that is there's more to it in recruiting. Than just nil dollars, but um, if if they can make more money, it's going to go to sixteen. It's going to go to twenty two. It's going to go to twenty eight. It's going to go to thirty two. It's gonna, don't be surprised.
5: But that's here's the here's the problem. And actually, I I, I usually don't try not to address the message word in the right, during the show, but I have to address what Smoky Mountain Red just said. NASCAR also tried to go after a fan base that didn't like NASCAR. You're right. What do you think college football is doing? This expanded playoff. Is all because fans of every other sport—NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, whatever you want to say, college basketball—they're listening to fans of those sports who never loved college football that much. Is that fair to say, Dave? Yes. Yeah, the mob mentality of all the other sports of fans of, all, of fans of every other sport who don't really care about college football. It's affecting the decisions that people who run college football make. And that's what's driving me insane on this. is because the people who actually are fans of college football don't want this.
4: Okay, I trust our message board, and I trust Caleb's judgment. The eye test, so to speak. So I want to get your thoughts on what I'm about to ask Caleb. Because we're going to go one by one. So who won the national championship last year in college football? Michigan. Right. I'm going to ask you if these teams could have things break their way a little bit. I'm not saying a one side of the officiating day. I'm not saying five turnovers. I'm saying things break your way a little bit and you can beat Michigan and win a championship. So how many of these teams could have, now these are the teams and the, where is the final, can you pull up? I've got the coaches poll and then I've got, I've got the wrong rankings here. Uh, college football playoff. Okay, there we go. All right. So, Washington. I mean, of course, there's no question that Washington could have played with Michigan, right? Damn. No, they could no,
5: no, they couldn't have. And they showed they couldn't have. They got blown out by Michigan. They didn't belong in that title game. But you don't but you are no, number two. There's not a scenario to... where Washington there is not a scenario where Washington beats Michigan.
4: Washington. Okay. Okay. This should be more fun than I thought. I think the fact that they got there and they were undefeated, I have no problem with them being there. Texas could have beat Michigan if Texas no. has Three. Say wham! All right, uh, I think they could have Alabama.
5: Yes, because Alabama barely lost to them; they could have beaten them.
2: That's hot.
4: All right, Florida State. I know where you're going here. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have beaten them with Jordan Travis. Skip it. We'll just go ahead and skip that with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, Georgia in <laughs> at six. Yes, yes, yeah. that's yeah.
5: obvious. Georgia could have beaten them.
4: Ohio State. It's tough to say that, isn't it? Well, they could have. They, they were close. They could have. Yeah. All right. Oregon? Nope. Missouri? Nope. Penn State? Nope. Ole Miss? Nope. Oklahoma? Nope. LSU? Nope. I don't think so either. So how many teams could actually beat them on their best day? Did we come up with four teams? My, mine may be Just six. I, yours may maybe three. I'm at
5: three. I'm at three. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Those are the only ones that ever could have beaten Michigan on any on any given day.
4: Okay, I would take, obviously, I mean, we know what happened. But I would take Washington, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State going into that game or in into that potential playoff. As a team. chance to win. Yes, a chance to win and need some help. I thought, I think I told you in September that Michigan was the best team, didn't
5: I? Dave, I got a question. Th- outside, you no, did. I you did. You were right. right. Outside of the three I named Georgia, Ohio State, and who is it? Uh, in Alabama. Do you think Vegas would favor Michigan by fewer than 10 points against any other team that you just named outside of those three?
4: No. Favor them by more than 10 points? Fewer
5: than 10. Fewer than 10. They'd be favored by, they'd be double digit favorites against every other team outside of those three. Oh, yeah. Vegas would make them double digit favorites against every other team. Yeah. I yes, get, exactly.
4: Um, now it, we've got some, we got some different thoughts on the message board. Texas, Ole Miss, Oregon, Mizzou would beat Michigan fifty percent.
0: That is, that is
4: what. And maybe what? A, maybe a little strong for you, but I'm not arguing with Ole Miss. I think Michigan. Y'all Mizzou are is. smoking crack, okay?
5: Y'all are insane. That's hot. No, they wouldn't have.
4: <laughs> Philip Calhoun. Before we get to the voice, I'll bid you adieu. Off the hooks, boards.
3: <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office.